welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, it is all about the big one. Bristol Bears thrilling 32-19 victory against Toulon that clinched our maiden European title and our first major piece of silverware for 37 years. We review the game, the performances and what this win means for the club and its fans. All this and more in this week's show. I'm Tony, and this week I'm joined on the phone by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, boys, first of all, can I just say how brilliant it was to be able to watch that game with uh, the three of you. That's the first time I think the four of us have been together since March. Um, And at this point, I just want to say we did it in a completely above board uh, COVID-19 way um, followed, um, you know, we, we were in a group of six. Um, but what a wonderful uh, event to to be able to share with my really good friends and fellow podcast hosts. So, um, boys, we, we've had, we're recording this as normal on Sunday evening. We've had uh, 48 hours to reflect. And let, let me just come to uh, maybe you, Pete, first. Um, has it sunk in that we're European Challenge Cup champions? Well, yes, I think it has now, Tony. I think on Friday night, we were all quite uh, excitable after the game, um, and and even on Saturday, actually, I had a bit of a, a bit of a buzz, a bit of a spring in my step as I walked round BS3. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a fantastic, what a what a fantastic evening it was. Um, and as you said, it was great that we were able to to share a few beers, um, and for one of us, quite a few beers. Uh, that night and um, you know and, and just watch I've got to say probably one of the more complete performances that we've seen from the Bears all season actually uh, but I'm sure we'll get on to that in a minute yeah and you know Miles uh, myself and Pete we're, we're adopted Bristolians but Lee as a born and bred Bristolian how how much did that mean to you and also you know seeing boys like Joycey and Atwood uh, there winning the Bears first European title I literally I couldn't be prouder mate I really couldn't and you know it was for me it was the opposite of the Wasps game where we thought like we didn't ever look like winning against Wasps um, I don't think we ever looked like losing this one um, and it was just yeah just just so much pride and the passion that they showed for this shirt was was immense and to, to bring that trophy back I mean Wow, what a night, what a Friday night that was. What a Friday night, and it was so good, as I said, to to be able to share some beers with you boys, and uh, someone who certainly supped up um, to the full was Miles. Miles, yeah, I was a little bit worried about you. There was a bit of radio (laughs) silence on Saturday morning, um, because when you left the house, you you did actually start walking in the wrong direction, so... um, (laughs) Just, just reassure us, you, you did manage to get home in, in one piece. 
Well, yeah, yeah. It was a fantastic night to spend with you three lads. Um, as I said, we haven't done that for a long time. I think I got a bit carried away with the emotions, TC, uh, and maybe one beer too many, or maybe two or three. But why not? You don't have blowouts that often, do we? And then this odd time of covid it was fantastic and yeah there, there were rumors that, that i got i got pushed halfway home in, a, in an old disused tram <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it was called the lee taxi Jamie. it was called the lee taxi <laughs> by, by, by my good friend lee but i managed to get up up the drive of the mansion for the last bit unaided um but i mean wh- why not have a fantastic night with you lads the rugby was amazing um, I think uh, just to add to what Lee said, it, it really never looked in too much doubt that we'd we'd win that game. Although Lee was still a bag of nerves for the whole thing. Uh, amazing performance, fantastic for the city and for the Bristol top 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 dog players. And yeah, loved every minute of it. Well, let, let, let's talk about that start because we we'd all we'd all been. Um, Talking in the in, in the kitchen, um, and then um, I, I was speaking to Jeff Twentyman on BBC Radio Bristol. So we were in kind of different rooms. Um, so we'd all just about got into the the one room in front of the television just before the game kicked off, and thankfully we did that because sixteen seconds into the match we have scored our first try. Pete, how much, it might might sound a silly question, but how important was that early score for Bristol? Well, I think it uh, it set the it set the scene, didn't it? And, and it also set the uh, the template for for what we were clearly going to try and do in that that final. And it's interesting you mentioned that you'd been on Jeff Twentyman just before because I distinctly remember you saying we were going to play it tight for the first twenty minutes. Um, but obviously that first that first uh, that try. I mean, I, I, it was it was incredible. I don't think any of us could have believed it. And I actually we we went discussed it, didn't we? And thought it would it is it possible to score a try any quicker than that? Because it was literally a pass off the catch. And then bang, bang, bang to to one of the fastest players in the in the side. So it set the scene. It made it must have rocked Toulon quite a lot. I would have thought sort of. Uh, and then you know, despite a few ups and downs during the rest of the game, I think really that was the way we played, wasn't it? And and it and it saw us through. And Lee, let me come to you because obviously where where we'd fallen. Um, the, the week before was to Wasps. Um, we were outplayed, but we were also outscored considerably in that opening period. Um, you know, to be suddenly 10-0 up with the penalty after three minutes, how much of an effect do you think that had on the Toulon team? Well, I, I think that obviously psychologically we said if we can get in front of Toulon, um, then, then that would be a massive thing. But I mean, I don't think any of us were thinking it was going to be quite as quick as that. But it, but it, it, it did pan out the way that you know. And I don't like to pick myself up, but it did pan out the way that we'd said it last week on the podcast. Um, that I thought we we had to. That there was such a big side that we had to run around them. And I mean, it literally some of that rugby um, in the first twenty minutes was breathtaking, wasn't it? And then we did go, we, we literally went through a bit of a lull and then I started to, I, like Miles had said earlier, I did start to panic a little bit because I thought, oh no, is it going to be one of those games where things, little things go against us? Um, 
but I thought that, like I think Peter just said, I mean, the game management was absolutely superb. Um, and, you know, Callum now is starting to really start to dictate games. Um, and he's, he's, he's using the kicks when, when he, he's using them very wisely. Um, and it just kind of broke their momentum as well. And, um, yeah, it was you know, fantastic, absolutely fantastic start. And Miles, let me come to you because you know we we were absolutely buzzing, um, and it looked at one point like we were going to run away with it. Um, Thacker and the Mall, we got over. We were celebrating the um, what we thought was the try that would have taken us to what seventeen three, uh, I think, and um, then then the ball was dropped and the try was disallowed. Um, how how do you think that affected the players, um, the Bristol boys, that, uh, you know, from being that close to opening up a gap to, well, what was it, two or three minutes later, we, we find ourselves 10-10? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the boys' heads obviously dropped. I mean, we, we've been so used to our fantastic driver all off the line haven't we, within the five metres. I mean, it's almost um, one of our sort of strengths now. It's a, it's a bit of a given that we expect to score. So I, th- I think we sort of spotted it, didn't we? Just as the TMO suggested, so, oh, they dropped it. Really unlucky, but you know. And then things did start to play out the way Toulon wanted after then. I mean, and you're right because there was a mistake when we were looping round. Randall dropped it, and then team scored. I mean, I think heads must have dropped a little bit, and, w- and we were certainly worried as a group of four that uh, is this where we start to make a few more mistakes. But you know, then you know, I, I think the boys then came back after half time. Yeah, and Pat have a bit a bit of a talk and turn the game around. So yeah, there was a danger at one point, wasn't there? We all thought that. Carbonell was knocking over all his points, um, a bit like Goppers did last week. We were a little bit worried, but no, the boys stayed true to their process, as Pat liked to say, and um, you know we, we turned it around brilliantly. And of course, an- another point in that that first half again, where we had that chance to to to, to push ahead, was the the other try that was chalked off when uh, Ran Randra flicked it out to the the speed merchant that is Joe Joyce on the wing who who's who, what an amazing finish I think Luke Moraham would have yeah, been brilliant. been proud of that finish um but of course it was it was called back for a uh, a forward pass but I think the referee correct me if I'm wrong boys said awarded try on the field yes. Yeah, now, I, I thought there had to be conclusive evidence that um, why not to award the try when they said the on-field decision is try. And we looked at those camera angles, didn't we, Pete? And, yep. you know, I, my first thought was it looked forward. But do you think it was conclusively forward from what we saw on the TV? Well, no, because I think another angle... Um, it looked flatter, didn't it? And I think, you know, the, the angle that they gave the forward try, well, sorry, the angle that they gave the, the passers forward from was it was about 45 degrees behind, wasn't it? It wasn't in line at all. There was not one angle that was in line. So at the very least, you could say that the two angles we saw kind of balanced each other out. And, 
I think if you know if the ref doesn't see it sometimes with forward passes, then it, you have to go with it. And if it's not conclusive, then you have to go with the on-field try. So I, I think that was a bit of a controversial moment. Um, so it was a real shame because it might have been one of the tries of the season as well because it was a good team try. It wasn't just Joyce's amazing kind of finish at the end. It was just the fact that it got out there in the first place. And I think, to be honest, just to pick up one thing Miles said, and I, I hate to disagree with him, but... I don't think our heads did go down um, as a team because I don't think they're allowed to go down. I don't think the whole system is about our heads going down. I think clearly they might have taken a bit of a gulp. But I think this is the whole thing about trusting the system, isn't it? And trust the process is that you just keep doing the same things again and, and, it, and believe that it will come good. And I think that this, you know, it doesn't always work like that. We know that. Um, so I think we, I just, I go back to what I said right at the beginning. I just felt that we were always quite, despite that, we were always knew, I think, that we were the better side and there was a belief running through the team and maybe it was a, a slightly more focused belief because it was a final. So I, I know, I know perhaps you would argue with me and say, yeah, you were getting nervous like everyone else at the time. And I was. I just think that the players really, this this was the culmination of all of this stuff we've been talking about all season about, you know, we, we, we have a game plan and then we follow that game plan and when it comes off, then you win. Uh, well, well may, may, maybe Miles's nerves uh, were, were reflected in the number of cans that, that were opened and consumed, maybe. <laughs> maybe the, the other three of us didn't feel quite well, he, so, so, so yeah. tense. But I, mean, I did say that he'd had maybe three or four drinks too many. Uh, but he'd only have four drinks, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I've got to say that, um, you know, I, I had butterflies in my stomach all through the day. I was nervous, you know. I, I was thinking, which way is it going to go? Obviously, we had the news then that Stephen Luatoa wouldn't be playing because um, uh, his wife had gone into labour. It was a long labour. And by the way, uh, big congratulations to Stephen and Olivia on the birth of your baby daughter, Uh we all send you uh, the very, very best. But I think like most fans, we were putting a brave face on it. But, you know, to lose Captain Fantastic at that last minute um, certainly was a blow. But I've got to say, I don't know whether it was the early try or whether it was just because every time we went forward, we looked like we were going to score. I wasn't too nervous during the game because I just felt that we were going to pull it out of the bag. And even at 16-10 down at half-time after we gave away a couple of those penalties, um, you know, I, I, I just thought, no, we, we've got more than enough to beat this team. Um, and I think the point that Lee made about us running round their, their big players, uh, it, it was absolutely working. Um, let, let, let me come to you, Pete. Um, oh, sorry, let me come to you, Lee, for this one. Um, I, I talked about Stephen Luatoa. How did you react when you got that news that Captain Fantastic wasn't going to be there? Excuse me, Tony. In the same way, I think we all did, because um, he's been such a massive player for us all season. Um, he never lets us down, and kind of, you just thought, oh, I don't know, it's the end of the season now, and we've got obviously, you know, Lua to out last minute to add to obviously Hughes being out and Piotr being out and losing Purdy, and then I, you know, I, I was worried because what, what, you know. You, you would worry when your star player or one of your star players is going to be out in the biggest game of your season. But the way we cope with it, and 
what I would add as well, it wasn't just the fact that we we run rings around them. It was actually we. I felt we matched their physicality a lot of, of the time as well. I mean, there was the occasional time when Thacker did get uh, picked up and dumped by Etzebeth, wasn't there, and little things. But I mean, on the whole, I think that yeah, the scrum was good for the majority of the time, and I, I felt that that we were just as physical. And that game management for us, I think, I think that was the key for us being relaxed during that game because we didn't do the silly things that we do at times in games. But we still played the Bristol way, if that makes sense at all. Uh, I think all four of us were quite, mm. quite confident in that game. You know, to an extent where I don't think we've ever had that before. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was sixteen ten at half time. You know, final score nineteen thirty two. So we outscored them twenty two points to three in that second half. Uh, Miles, can I? I just. Uh, question for you really you know the second half uh, we we just started to chip away at the scoreboard Callum Sheedy scored six penalties um, and you know I think this is the first game all season that pretty much they all sailed straight between the posts and not been ricocheting in off the posts but did, did you feel what the momentum was building and that it was definitely going to be our day? Well, uh, well, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, the, the stats are there, aren't they? Callum got, what, eight out of eight kicks with probably disappointing for Pete. Not once did he uh, chip a bit of paint off the post. So fantastic for him. It was obviously, uh, you know, his confidence has grown massively. I mean, just to reiterate what uh, Lee said, I mean, we, I think we all agreed, didn't we, that that entire match, Toulon never really looked like they were going to score in open play. Um uh, I don't know. I don't know really what was wrong with them. We thought they had a massive pack, like Lee was saying, that Perry saying Edzabeth, and they still looked scary, didn't they? Scary players, but I think the confidence was there. The fence was awesome, and yeah, I mean Callum's confidence was, was massive, and I think that just backed up the boys' excellent play in the second half. I think you got it right, um, Miles. It was the defensive play that, that stopped them playing, to be honest. I think, if you think in that second half, there was quite a key moment, wasn't there? When we, was it 26-19 yeah. tone when we were ahead and we had, they, they were camped on that line and we yeah. we had that defensive set for about five minutes that was was awesome. They were they pushed them back, they didn't go where penalty and they eventually knocked on. And, uh, you know, I do wonder whether that was, that was even though we looks comfortable all the way through the game in that second half I do wonder if that was a real that was a real turning point and it is it just shows isn't it that defence is so important it's so important you know as Exeter found out yesterday as well or, or proved yesterday I should say yeah, so, I, yeah I think you're right Miles I, I, I think you're absolutely right Pete that, that, that goal line stand um, uh, after wave and wave of attacks and we actually ended up pushing them back they were almost back on the 2022 20, weren't they when um, oh, it was yeah. Uh, when 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 they uh, then uh, I think it was a knock on that eventually uh, broke it up. But um, amazing defence. But Lee, let me come to you next. Um, Max Malin's try. Um, you know how how important has Max been for for this team and for for this cup run? Um, and well, just your thoughts as that that play was building up. Max Mayer has been fantastic for us, hasn't he? And what I like about him is, is a his versatility that he give, that he gives us as a team. But also, he's he's like a, a thinking man's rugby player, isn't he? You know, he's 
you know, he looks at the options first and then, you know, nine times out of ten will choose the right option to to take. Um, and it was good. It was great play as well. We've, we've got to remember from Semi as well to create that, uh, to take two players towards him to create that gap. But having a player like Malins who can actually see that gap and then get into it um, was class. And that, like you say, that was that was just after all that great defensive work, wasn't it? Um, and it then it did change the game because then we were literally completely on the front, but we had a, a, a gap in between them. And I think Valens has has been fantastic for us and looking forward to seeing him again play play for us for next season mate I know I, I keep I keep having to pinch myself because you know in a non-covid year we you, we wouldn't have seen Malin's Earl Ranrandra Sinclair in playing in a Bristol shirt you know it's only because the season got extended that the these boys came um and, and what a fantastic contribution Pete let, let me come to you let's let's go round the, as as well and maybe pick out some of the performances on the night um Ben Earl um, got the man of the match. I think the Bristol Post awarded him a, a, a perfect 10. Uh, your thoughts on, I suppose, Ben Earl's performance and whether, you know, whether we miss Nathan Hughes maybe as much as possibly some no, people I, thought? No, I think I don't think we did, partly because I think the pack as a whole played so much better than perhaps they had it against Wasps. Whereas, ironically, Nathan stood out a bit more last weekend because he actually, you know, had that kind of slight... He was trying to get us on the front foot. I mean, clearly, Ben Earl did a lot of great work. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, you, the back row is a, is a unit, isn't it? And, and I think Dan Thomas um, was was tireless as he always is and I think uh, you know I think that that kind of makes other back rowers look good when you when you're all working well together Um, and I think we were all pretty pleased to to see that Dan Thomas had come in I think we felt that to win that game you needed to have specialists in those positions Mm -hmm. and we were slightly concerned about Bowie weren't we being at blindside but um, you know I think I think I think we need to recognise Dan Thomas I'd say that clearly I'd, Harry Randall was it was probably one of his best games he's had for Bristol hasn't he uh, and, and not just because of that first try but I just think he really got his pecker up and you know he, he had a really really good game and just again you know you look at him it's just someone so small he's a brave lad as well despite um, well I think obviously since his Lazarus comeback he's become even stronger um, in the side but yeah I think Randall we've mentioned Sheedy haven't we as well and, and one person I'd like to mention was um, was Big John when he came on um, he had a, I thought we all noticed the, the look in his eyes didn't we when he was in that, that one of those scrums at the end and, and I think he was a bit he was he had a point to prove didn't he because he had a perhaps rather p- below par performance against Wasps um, but came came on and Jake as well and they the, you know the system players continued the momentum and, and there was just that one scrum wasn't there when we were looking and John's eyes were like bulging at the French guy the French guy was absolutely papping himself you could tell <laughs> <laughs> and, and Lee, let me let me come to you. Particularly, um, you know, it was a Bristolian second row with Atwood and Joyce. Uh, how, how do you think those two two played on the night? I'm glad you've asked me that, Tim, because I, I I thought they were both immense. I think Joyce. I felt so sorry for him with the try that did you know obviously wasn't awarded in the end. But I I thought those two were were really just so solid. Um, 
and it was quite, you know, at the end, you know, when their number 18 had tried to put a tackle in on Atwood and bounced off um, and kind of almost fainted, didn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, like, Joycey and Atwood were, were immense for us, but... It was. I mean, he's, and I thought that was great from Alapata as well, actually, because you could see the guy was falling back and he'd, he'd grabbed all of a, an arm, didn't he? So great sportsmanship there as well from Leoa. But but I got to admit, I did think uh, those two were fantastic. And I did think Vui playing blindside was immense. I mean, the line-out, he just... I thought he was great in the line-out. Um I mean, we just collectively played brilliant, didn't we? You know, um, uh, we, but those two in particular, two Bristolians in the in the second row, fantastic. And, and I think Atwood's energy level, you can see how much that meant to him. And I think, was it on the post-match interview, he said that that's the first trophy he's won? Um, really? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I did spend a lot of time at Bath, didn't he? He, he did. Yeah, <laughs> in recent times. Um, in a bath, I, I, I also, I, I know, I talked about him uh, recently as well. I thought Jan Thomas again. Yeah. The way, he was amazing, wasn't he? Yeah. The, the way he's come in uh, over the these last four or five games of the season. Uh, I, I think and again, he, it meant more, more to, to, well, just as much to Jan being a, a local boy as well, wasn't it? Uh, ab- yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and Miles, let, let let me come to you on, on one, you know, hugely important factor that uh, we we've overlooked thus far is what influence on the outcome and the performance do you think those new black and pink shirts played? <laughs> Uh, well, it certainly influenced our night because I think you and I, Tony, were blinded by the colours that Pete and, uh, Pete and Lee were wearing, weren't they? But, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll come on to talk about the kit, but this, I think that was a massive, a massive one out, one in the bag for the, uh, the PR and marketing team to get next year's Euro shirt in the store and on the players' backs for the final. Absolute genius. And, and, and you know, as I'd been wearing a fantastic new shirt which we all agree is, is, is nice uh, on that winning night I mean why not I think yeah I, I, I probably had a little bit of a boost to be honest with you but it's, it showed well, the iconic Clifton suspension bridge across the front oh, of the yeah. shirt, you know, certainly said, you know, we're we're doing this, we're doing this for the city of Bristol. Um, it, any other? I mean, it's difficult to to single people out. I don't think anybody had a bad game. Just I, 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 I think Leua, you know, coming in on yeah. the wing certainly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, Luke, Luke Morahan again was was great, great <clears throat> team team player again. Yeah, and there's that that Fijian bloke as well, that outside centre. <laughs> he, he did he all right. Good. He did all right too. Um, I think. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, think. I think earlier in the week we all thought, didn't we, that the pitch down in Provence was going to be some uh, sort of wreck esque sort of bathtub, didn't we? But you know, we found out it, it was going to be a four G pitch, and that sort of suits our fast game, doesn't it, lads? Uh, yeah. And you know, we were really quick off the mark. And if you look at one stat. But the most metres made from the two long player was Bryce Heem at like 32 metres. Mallings was 119. I mean, then yeah. Randall 93. Our boys and backs were on fire, really. And I think when you look at that, um, the, the sort of metres versus Bristol, you can see why we just outran them and played our game brilliantly. So yeah, maybe it did suit us, but obviously we won. I, you know, I for one wasn't wasn't too upset to see Bryce Heem come off before half time as well, because obviously his exploits in a Warriors shirt against us over the, the, the years <laughs> yeah. have been 
been quite disastrous, haven't they? So I, you know, sorry, Bruce, but I was uh, sorry, Bryce. I, <laughs> Bruce. I was quite happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think one of the things, you know, I, I've penned the column for, for the Bristol Post tomorrow. Um, and, you know, we, we had 23 players there that were in the squad. Obviously, every player has played their part, all the coaches, all the support staff. But I, I wanted to make a special mention of, you know, in this crazy COVID-19 season, we shouldn't forget the players that that helped us get through the group stages that because their contracts were up have actually left the club before we got to the final so I'm thinking the likes of Matt Prothero that played in a lot of the early games scored a try I think Luke Hamilton played a lot of those early games as well of course Ian Madigan he didn't start much but he started one of the European games uh, at 10 Um, you know uh, Lewis Thede um, again, uh, an important player to, um, you know, in the front row, um, either off the bench. I think he might have started one as well. But, um, you know, I hope they they can feel the same pride as the, the, the players that are currently here and know that their contribution um, has made a huge difference to us winning this first title. Uh, and also... As fans, we appreciate that contribution and, and wish them all the well with the, their, their new teams. Um, okay, let's let's maybe talk about some of the the the, the stuff associated with the game. Then uh, we've mentioned the pink shirt, um, Lee. I'm going to come to you. Um, the last time I saw you spend money that quickly was when we were down the pub and that bloke had the the dodgy check skyboxes that uh, he, he was knocking out in, in, in the pub car park um, you, 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 you were straight on there to, to get that shirt tell us why well, first of all, thank you for not mentioning. I thought you were going to say the Chinese lady with the DVDs. First of all, <laughs> but um, I, do you know what? It was one of those shirts. As soon as I saw the shirt, I was like, "That I've got to have it. I've absolutely got to have it." I was on my lunch break at work, and um, I just ordered it. And do you know what? Fair play, it came the next day. So I couldn't fault it, and. I mean, we both said, because obviously Pete was wearing ears on the night as well. I mean, the pink actually looks, it does look a lot stronger on social media than it, it actually is in, in real life when you get it. Um, it, it was, it's just, I, I, I would say personally, it's the first shirt that I've looked at and gone, I'm spending the money on that straight away. Um, and I've loved loads of the Bristol shirts, don't get me wrong, but that one is definitely 100% my favourite so far. And Pete, I think you weren't far behind. Uh, I believe you, you had it on, was it a spin class down at your gym before uh, well, before the game? So yes, you didn't even keep yes, it in so. pristine condition for the game. I, I got it on Wednesday morning and I was booked in to, uh, to a little spin class down at Workout Gym, get a mention, great gym. And uh, I, I, well, actually, I had to wear a T-shirt underneath it because obviously I was a little bit worried about chafing. Um, but I, I, I wanted to wear it at the spinning class to make a statement to uh, to all the people there. And uh, I got a, I got a big thumbs up from uh, one of the ladies down there when I walked in with it on. 
Um, you know, she's, I know someone I talked to a bit, she's a Bears fan as well. But I've got to say, wearing that and a T-shirt and doing half an hour spin, I was absolutely sweating buckets at the end of it, boys. <laughs> but I must say, what I do like about that um, shirt, uh, apart from the design, was the cut of it's quite nice. It, it, it's, it's actually a, a different cut to the home shirt I got from last season. And I feel that it really enhances my my post lockdown press up guns. I've got to say, um, so I felt I was really felt at one with the team on Friday night when I was wearing it. I should also mention Tone that I also bought it because we had a non uniform day at my school on the Friday, and uh, I wore it in with pride. And actual that the theme apparently apparently there are themes for these things. I never know what they are, but apparently the theme was something bright. So I rocked up at school on Friday morning with uh, wearing the European shirt. I mean, literally, the students like started clapping me as I came in. So well, well uh, that's a first. It was many levels. It was really? it was a uh, quid well spent. That's unusual, Pete. They normally clap you on your way out. Don't they? <laughs> 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 well, you can tell it. You can tell it's the end of the season when Miles is making the jokes, can you? <laughs> Well, I, we did do a little poll on um, on our Twitter feed, and we asked, you know, if you were uh, putting one of the shirts on your Christmas list, which one would it be? And you could only choose one. Twenty five percent of people said they'd choose the home shirt. I think twenty percent said the away shirt, and a whopping fifty five percent picked the European shirt. So. Uh, Congratulations to the club. I think you've got a real uh, winner there. So, uh, you know, we, we, we're we not slow at coming forward when we think the, um, the kit hasn't maybe met fans' expectations. But certainly I think it's, uh, it's big thumbs up uh, for, for the shirts this year. So well done to the club. Um, something else I just wanted to, to pick on, uh, pick up on was, um, you know, all of us, uh, are pretty keen on, on Twitter and, um, suddenly on Friday, just before the game, Semi Ranrandra appeared, um, his Twitter feed suddenly started again. And, um, I think I'm right in saying Lee that, we we wondered whether is this really semi or is one of the other players got his phone and um and, and it was just having a bit of a, a laugh but um I, I i'm pretty sure now it, it was him and fair play to him I, I think he was in the airport and he said have any fans got any questions and um and then he didn't answer all of them but answered quite a few your thoughts on that lee yeah i i have to admit i i did look at it and i I did think someone had gotten hold of his phone and was and was probably just doing a massive wind up initially. I mean, I, I have reclined back slightly from that view because I, I do think you you possibly could be right now. It could be genuine. Um, but actually, talking about Semi, did you see the the little clip of him playing the guitar as well? the other day yeah uh singing i mean this is there no end to this guy's talent he's just phenomenal isn't he um but yeah it'll be great if he keeps if he keeps the twitter feed going mate um you know hopefully we'll we'll be able to pin some questions over to him at some point and um uh, I think you did. You actually asked him if he listened to Bears Beyond the Gate yet. Yeah, that was one of the ones he didn't reply to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I don't know how to take that, but uh, I, 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 I take it personally, Tony. To, I would if I was. Yeah, you. yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's on his to-do list. Um, 
I thought it was also really nice the way Stephen Luatoa, obviously tremendous, you know, experience the the birth of your daughter. But from a professional point of view, you know, obviously there must have been big disappointment and not being there with the boys um, to to play the game. But how great was he on Twitter as well? Um, thanking people for the messages. Uh, I think it, it came out, didn't it, that they'd arranged potentially a flight first thing Friday morning if Olivia had the baby on Thursday evening uh, and you know he, he, he tweeted his, his gratitude to, to the Lansdowne family for you know putting that contingency in place so and as, as a fan I, I think it's you know so important that, 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 that we're able to see this side of players so uh, you know Stephen on a hugely important day for you and your family thanks for taking the time just to keep us updated and to, to, to answer some of the fans' tweets. Um, yeah, it, it just Kenny, to that, you, yeah, sorry. Go on, go on, Miles. I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, the next day, the lad was obviously out of hospital. It went to greet the lads, didn't they, upon their return at the uh, High Performance Centre. I mean, what a legend he is, really. Um, so, uh, just to reiterate, Tony, I mean, total, you know, amazing captain and such a team player. Lee. What I was going to say is, Jose Mourinho says you you won't win anything with nice guys being nice guys. But I would I would uh, hasten to add, I think that is the total opposite with the players that we've got in in our squad at Bristol. We we've got like not only fantastic rugby players, but absolutely collectively such a nice bunch of lads. You know, a, a bunch of really nice guys and decent human beings and you know they're immense aren't they let's face it they are immense and that's not just being biased because it's my my club they are absolutely brilliant human beings absolutely and I think you know Pat talks about the culture doesn't he about the the brotherhood and and the love between players and I think that 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 spills out to you know how how the 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 players are with with the fans and uh, you're right you know how great is it that, that that that's the ethos that that we see in the club um before we move on there is uh, unless anybody else has got anything else a couple of things i want to mention while, while we're talking um still about social media did you see harry thacker's um version of that that um TikTok clip that went absolutely global. The guy that was on a skateboard, I think, um, filming himself singing along to Fleetwood Mac's Dreams while he was swigging uh, a can of uh, cranberry juice. Uh, and I don't know if it's the media team again um, at, uh, at Bristol, Bristol Sport, but Harry Thacker on a skateboard um, swigging a Thatcher's <laughs> singing along to Fleetwood Mac brilliant made me oh. made me laugh so much yeah. if there was a, if there was a, a media a social media uh, trophy this season Bears would have absolutely nailed it wouldn't they oh. I mean they are fantastic, these guys, and they, they're just constantly creasing us up with some of the stuff they put out. Yeah. And, and the last thing uh, before we move on, because there are a couple more things I, I'd like to talk to you in this week's show, talk to you about in this week's show, um, but we can't move on without talking about predictions um, because um, you know can't we just move on as, as we know we always do the predictions 
Uh, as I said to, to Jeff Twentyman, I thought it was going to be a lot narrower. I went for a 21-20 uh, victory for the Bears. Pete, I think you said 25-20. Um, Miles guessed 43 points to 40, or we might have helped him with that prediction because he wasn't, wasn't around. But Lee, you very, very, very nearly nailed it completely. You went for a 34-16 win for the Bears and it turned out 32-19, which I think is the closest prediction that we've had um, to, to the correct score since we've been doing it. So well done you. The point goes to you. So Lee finishes this season on five Myself and Miles on two and Pete on one. So congratulations, sir. You are the prediction champion. Thank you, boys. And uh, obviously it's been it's been a pleasure to uh, to take the beers off you. <laughs> um, yeah. I drank them all on Friday, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many, many more platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rating for the show. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're Bears Beyond Gate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Now, something um, I also did um, on for Friday was um, some interviews with Heart FM. They just wanted to get a fan's perspective about the uh, European game and the final. Um, but part of the interview was going to go out onto their Welsh stations. So um, uh, we did talk a lot about um, Callum Sheedy and, of course, his call-up to the Welsh team himself and Yian Lloyd. Um, so, I mean, it's fantastic, and I'm sure we all agree. We're, we're so proud that those two have got the recognition. Um, you know, let's hope they go on to to wear the red jersey um, in, in the autumn. But one of the things uh, I, I just it struck me when I'd had time to reflect on it really is um, is that going to leave us really short of fly halves? when um, the season restarts um, because uh, obviously uh, Callum's sealed that spot. Uh, Jan Lloyd can play there, um, but uh, they'll be missing if they stay with the Welsh team all the way through these uh, autumn matches, which means we'll start next season with Max Malins and uh, Tiff Eden. Um, Is that a cause for concern? Let me come to you first, Pete. Uh, well, not if Max Mullins stays fit. I think we we know that he is a, a worthy replacement at fly half, and uh, you know he's got a great boot on him. We know that he's uh, he's a he's a fantastic ball player. So, in that sense, no. I, we've always picked up Tiff. We like Tiffy, don't we? And, I, and he had a bit of a chastening game earlier on the season. Uh, was it the, the sail away? Wasn't it? And but you know, I think we've got. A, faith in him he, he wouldn't be in the squad if uh, Pat doesn't have faith in him so maybe this is the sort of time where it focuses minds um, clearly missing those two is is a problem there's no doubt about it but but that's the, the, the way we have that's the reason why we have a squad so do I do I see it as a cause for concern 
maybe a little bit, but but I, I trust those two. Well, let, let, let me come to you, Lee. Um, obviously, in the past, Max Malin's name has been mentioned about England as well. Um, that that would really uh, put a, a spanner in the works if Max Malin's got called up as well. Um, do you think that's likely? Uh, I don't think probably just yet, even as well as he is playing. Um, but it's like we've always said, though, Tony. I mean, we... We have to get used to this now because if we aspire to be one of the best teams, the best team in the country, then our players are going to get noticed. I mean, Eddie James, is, is he must be camping out at Ashton Gate at the moment because he's been down there every five minutes. Um, and it's just going to be one of those things that we're going to have to, to deal with um, being a successful side. So I, I do agree with Pete. I think... We, we do have enough cover. I think Tiff, you know, I, he knows that he had a, a shocker at Cell, um, but he's one of the guys that we rate really highly. And if and when he's he's called upon, I think we'll, you know, he'll step up. Um, he'll learn from from that game and this season, and he'll he'll move up to to that level that we need him at. Um, but I, I don't. I, in regards to England, I think Maidens is probably. Not not just yet, but um, having said that, I mean Eddie Jones is, you know throws plenty of spanners into into works, doesn't he? So it, yeah, yeah. potentially it could happen, I guess. Well, let, let, let me come to you, Miles. Um, you know, we would imagine Sinclair's going to get the call up. Um, ben Earl, you know, I, I think although there's some tremendous competition uh, in the back row for England, you know, the kind of season that he's had and his uh, versatility across that back row uh, might mean he'd get called up as well. But one person I, I'm interested to get your views. Um, we, we we talked about it a bit earlier that Harry Randall probably had one of his best games on the probably the biggest stage that he's played on. Do you, do you think Eddie might be looking at uh, Harry Randall, especially as Ben Spencer wasn't called up to this latest kind of development squad? Yeah, that was a very odd decision to me. I mean, I, mean, I think Harry Randall's been playing amazingly um, and Eddie's been down Ashton Gate. I mean, also, on Friday night's performance, I mean, he, how could you not have noticed him? Um, but I, I think we probably collectively agree that I think that Dan, Dan Robson is sort of pipping him to the post at the moment, the Wasps scrum half. Um, and it will be interesting to see if he gets called up. And I think... Um, yeah, with him and Ren, really, we would sort of miss him massively, really. He just showed his class on Friday. Um, I don't know, he just slightly seems off Eddie's radar. I can't see why not. But Well, he's, Eddie fancies that Northampton bloke, you know, doesn't he? Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, the argument really... is, is, is that he's he's looking to the future with a young'un, yes. and he's got those two laggards there with Hines and... Uh, for whatever yes. reason, oh, and Youngs, yeah, as right. a kind of schooling Alex Mitchell, but I, I, I find even the Alex Mitchell thing odd because yeah. uh, he's been playing in a team that are rubbish since lockdown. He's not even, he's not what from what I've seen, he's not. There's nothing unbelievable about him. Randall's been playing on a regular basis, and as you rightly point out, Tony, doing it at the highest level. I, I just think he's off. I, I think he would have got into one of these squads already as the kind of apprentice. 
Um, so I'm I, I I'm not too I I'm upset for for Randall to be honest because I think, but I think his time may come maybe when there's a new coach. But <laughs> I I uh, selfishly I'd be quite pleased if he doesn't get called up this season because I think you know we he is a really important cog in our running yeah, machine. Exactly. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. Let, let's leave that one there. One one other final thing I wanted to talk about was the the news that also broke on Friday that Bristol Bears have been put on standby um, for the Gallagher Premiership final at the weekend against Exeter should um, Wasps not be able to field a team because of the COVID-19 test that they they, they had last week. Um, Lee, let me come to you. Your, Your thoughts on that? Mate, I'm going to be really direct on this. I think that that I hope anyway that Wasps obviously are clear and they can play because that just puts everything to bed anyway. Um, if for some horrible reason that doesn't happen and Bristol uh, have to play in the final, I just think it's it's a shambles. We all know why that would happen. is because obviously there's a game that needs to be played uh, for TV. Um, no one at Bristol wants to play it. We don't deserve to be in the final. Um, we got quite rightly beaten by Wasps. Um, and it's just a bit of a shambles. The the title, in my opinion, should be going to the Chiefs. They're by far the best team in the league anyway. Um, and we... we we have no rights to be anywhere near it, in my opinion. Well, let's let's yeah. keep let's keep our fingers crossed because I think looking at the fan base, looking at the the, the comments on social media, that that's pretty much one hundred percent backed up by by what Bristol Bears supporters think that you know it would be farcical having been so well beaten by Wasps to then somehow replace them in the final against Exeter. Exeter, even though they rested players towards the end of the season and and lost a couple of games. Uh, I've just been outstanding. And by the way, congratulations to Exeter Chiefs for for winning the Champions Cup and making it a West Country European double. So I think that will be a good point to to close tonight. It's been an absolutely monumental week for Bristol Bears. what a historic night it was on Friday when we lifted our first European Challenge Cup trophy. The Bears are here. The Bears have arrived. The Bears have moved to the big time. We'll be back next week for the final show of the season when we'll be looking back and doing a season review. I hope you can join us then. 